It's story time by our favorite English author, Enid Blyton. It's the Happy Days series, Mr. Pink Whistles Party, Chapter One. Mr. Pink Whistles Party. You remember Mr. Pink Whistle, don't you? The little man with pointed ears who goes about the world putting wrong things right. He's half a brownie and can make himself invisible if he wants to. Mr. Pink Whistle often passed a little house called Merry Chimneys. He liked that name, and he liked the little girl who lived there. She always seems to be swinging on her garden gate when he passed. She smiled at him and waved cheerily. One day, he stopped and spoke to her. "What's your name?" It ought. To be smiley because you're always smiling. The little girl laughed. Well, my name is almost as good as that, she said. It's Mary. Ah, Mary by name and Mary by nature, said Mr. Pink Whistle. Very nice. But do tell me, why are you so often out here swinging on your gate? Oh, don't you know? Said the little girl. It's because there's a "Please Cross Here" sign. Mr. Pinkwhistle looked surprised. He had certainly seen the "Please Cross Here" sign and had noticed the thick white lines painted across the road just opposite the little girl's house. But what had that got to do with swinging on a gate? You look puzzled," said Mary. "I'll explain. Well, my mother says everyone ought to do something to help other people, and if we can't see something, we've got to look for it. Mother said I'd got something right at the front gate, helping people over the busy crossing. Cars are supposed to stop, but they don't always. Show me what you do," said Mr. Pinkwhistle. Well, look, there's a toddler's home three doors away," said Mary, "and I'm waiting for the nurses to come out with the children, so that I can help them across the road. They have to wheel prams with four or five babies in them, so they can't very well look after the children who are walking too. Here they come. Now watch." Mary skipped down from the gate and went to meet two nurses and a crowd of tiny children walking hand in hand in twos. They were chattering like sparrows. The nurses had an enormous pram, each with children in them. What a weight to push along! Hello, Mary. There's Mary. Mary, take my hand," called the tiny children. The nurses nodded and smiled at the little girl and went across the crossing with their prams. Mary carefully took every small child across herself, even holding up her hand to stop a car that was coming along. When they had all gone over safely, she skipped back to Mr. Pink Whistle. "There you are," she said. "It's only a very little job, but it's a help, isn't it?" It certainly is," said Mr. Pink Whistle. "You did that well. Are you going in now? You've done your job. I've just got to wait for old Mr. Lame and poor Mrs. Limp," said Mary. "They come along about this time, and somebody just has to help them across. They go so slowly, you see, and they are frightened of the cars. Here's Mr. Lame." Pink Whistle matched. Watched Mary guide the lame old fellow across the road. She chatted away to him, keeping a sharp eye out all the time for traffic. As soon as she got back to Pink Whistle, along came Mrs. Limp. One of her legs was much shorter than the other, and she really couldn't hurry. Mary took the limping woman safely across and carried her basket. Then she ran back again. 
Now I'm going in, she said. I always know the time to come and swing on my gate and wait for all these people. Sometimes I come out just in case there might be somebody else afraid to cross when I have a minute to spare. I suppose you wouldn't like me to help you cross, would you? I don't have to cross just here, said Pink Whistle, but thank you all the same. I'm glad to know you, Mary. There aren't many people like you in the world. The next time Mr. Pink Whistle passed by Mary's house, she waved to him again. Mr. Pink Whistle, she called. Aren't I lucky? I'm going to a big party tomorrow, and I've got a new blue dress and blue shoes to match. How lovely, said Pink Whistle. Well, you deserve a party, Mary. There's going to be an enormous cake with candles, said Mary, and a Punch and Judy show. Fancy that! And each child is to have two balloons and a present. Aren't I lucky? I'll come by tomorrow morning at this time, and you can show me your blue shoes, said Mr. Pink Whistle. You get them out ready for me to see. But when he came. The next day, there was no Mary swinging on the gate. He couldn't see her at all, not even at one of the windows. What could have happened? Perhaps she has gone shopping, thought Pink Whistle, and he waited a few minutes for her to come back, but she didn't. So Pink Whistle walked up to the front door and rang the bell. A housekeeper answered the door, and Pink Whistle asked for Mary. She's out in the back garden, said the housekeeper. Would you like to go and find her? So out into the garden went Pink Whistle and looked all round. There was a big lawn first, then an orchard, and then a kitchen garden. He couldn't see Mary anywhere. He walked down puzzled. No one was on the lawn. No one was in the orchard. Was anyone in the kitchen garden? No, there was nobody there either. There was a little garden shed nearby, and Mr. Pink Whistle thought he heard a noise coming from it—just a little noise. He went up and peeped in. Yes, Mary was there, but what a different Mary! No smiles now, no merry laughter. She sat huddled up in a corner on an old sack, crying all by herself. What's the matter? said Pink Whistle, walking in and sitting down beside her. Oh dear! You make me jump," said Mary, wiping her eyes and giving him a very watery smile. "Fancy you coming and finding me here! Why aren't you out swinging on your gate as usual?" asked Pink Whistle. "I'm not allowed to for three whole weeks," said Mary dismally. "You see, I had a little friend to tea yesterday, and this morning her mother came to tell my mother that she's got measles. So I'm not allowed to swing on the front gate or talk to any other children for three weeks in case I get it too and give it to someone else." That's very bad luck," said Pink Whistle. "Very bad luck indeed. What about the party you were telling me of?" "Well, of course I can't possibly go to that," said Mary, beginning to cry again. "I'm sorry. I'm so silly about it, but I just can't help feeling awfully disappointed about my blue shoes and blue dress, you know, and not seeing the Punch and Judy show. After all, I haven't been naughty or anything, have I? It isn't my fault." It isn't, and you don't deserve such a disappointment," said Pink Whistle comfortingly. But it just so happens that I'm giving a Punch and Judy party this afternoon, and I'm going to have an enormous cake with candles on, and there'll be balloons too. So you'll be able to come to that. Mary looked at him in astonishment. "Are you really giving a party like that?" she said. "But I still won't be able to come because I mustn't mix with other people." "Oh, that's all right." Said Pink Whistle cheerfully.
My guests can't get measles, so you can mix with them all you like. Shall we have the party down here in the orchard? Could we? Because I'm not allowed to go anywhere by bus or train, said Mary, her eyes beginning to shine. But why can't your guests get measles? I thought anybody could get them. Not my guests, said Pinkwhistle, getting up. Well, put on your blue shoes and your blue dress this afternoon and be here at three o'clock. Don't forget. He went off, leaving the little girl in such a state of excitement that she danced round every tree in the orchard. What a funny, wonderful little man Pink Mr. Pinkwhistle is. At three o'clock, dressed in her blue shoes and blue dress, with a blue ribbon in her hair, Mary ran down to the orchard. Good gracious me, what had happened to it? Every tree was hung with streamers and shining ornaments. Great big toadstools had sprung up from the grass for tables and seats. Twelve had grown close together to make an extra big table for the guests to sit at. The guests were coming from every direction, but they weren't children. Oh no! Mr. Pinkwhistle had chosen his other kind of friends—the pixies and elves and brownies. There they came, trooping along, all dressed in their best too. Mr. Pinkwhistle was welcoming them all, smiling even more broadly than usual. He saw Mary and went up to her. "You look lovely in your blue shoes and blue dress," he said. "I'm so glad you could come to my party. Now tell me, you, tell. Now let me tell you who's here. There is Tiptoe, and this is Jinky, and this is Silky, and this is Jolly, and this is Hey Ho. Dear me, I hope you'll remember all their names." Mary liked all the little people at once. She played games with them, ate the ice creams that kept appearing on the little mushroom tables, and drank glasses of honey lemonade. Lovely! The tea was simply glorious. Mary counted twelve different kinds of most extraordinary sandwiches and twelve different kinds of cakes. There were wobbly jellies and fruit salads with ice cream on top, and oh, the cake! The cake that stood in the middle of the big table. It shone and glittered with a hundred coloured candles, and it was decorated with silver and gold balls, pink, yellow, and white icing, and all kinds of sugared flowers that could be eaten. See what's written on the top, Mary," said Pinkwhistle. Mary looked and went red with pleasure. "Welcome to Mary," was written in pink icing. "Yes, it's your cake," said Pinkwhistle, "made specially for you. Now, what about cutting it?" After tea, there was a Punch and Judy show. It was much better than any show Mary had ever seen, and she laughed so much that she got a stitch. Everyone had two balloons. They won't burst," said Pinkwhistle. "They've got just a touch of magic in them. They'll last for years." It was the loveliest party Mary had ever been to. At the end, every guest had a present in a little shiny box. They all lined up and went to Mr. Pinkwhistle one by one. Thank you, Mr. Pinkwhistle," each little guest said. "Thank you for having me to your lovely party. Goodbye." Mary said the same, and she gave the kind little man a sudden hug. "You planned your party for me. I know you did," she said. "It's the nicest one I've ever been to. I love you, Mr. Pinkwhistle. You go round the world putting things right, and that's what I'm going to do. You do it already. That's why I gave this party for you," said Mr. Pinkwhistle. Well, goodbye, and I hope you'll like your present. I'll look out for you on the gate in three weeks' time. 
Mary opened her parcel. Parcel. When she got indoors, you will never guess what was inside. Very neatly folded, ca- wrapped carefully in tissue paper, was a pair of silvery wings. There was a little note tied to them. These can be fitted on your shoulders, and used on every full moon night. Please put away carefully when not in use. What a present! Said Mary softly in the greatest delight. Wings, wings of my own. She shook them out gently and looked at the calendar on the wall. Oh dear! It won't be a full moon night for ten days. How can I possibly wait? She'll have to wait, of course. But won't she be pleased to go flying in the garden when the moon is big? And round and shiny, dear old Pink Whistle. He does know how to make people happy, doesn't he? Mm-hmm.